Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley, joined by Sherelle McMillan, Carolina 78-74, and a pretty common game, Sherelle. Nothing really exciting there at the end. Carolina just sort of kept them at arm's length. <laughs> what a ridiculous ending. And your thoughts on it, I'll tell you this, uh, Clayton basketball needed a miracle last night to win a game very similar to this in my hometown. Joel, uh, Carolina just needed Joel Berry. Your thoughts? Yeah, and I think it was a great game for Carolina fans to see exactly uh, what it means to have a, a senior lead guard, someone who has, as we talked about in other pod- podcasts, been through everything and done everything. Uh, Theo Pinson and Joel Berry, North Carolina fans should not take them for granted because uh, there are so many different players who going into that environment um, would freeze, especially after you lose a nine-point lead that quickly. The the pace is frenetic. The crowd is going crazy. And Joel Berry and Theo Pinson just kind of, you know, they, they took some some bad shots themselves. They made a few plays that they probably would take back. But when it came time to it, you know, Joel Berry closed the game out, as he always does seemingly. On a four run, he just – you know, I hate to use cliches like he willed it to happen, but it's kind of what he did on the steal where he finished to put Carolina up for good on, on uh, the go-ahead basket. I mean, he just outfought the dude for the ball, ran down the court, and I think it was a two-on-one for Syracuse, and he just said, I'm going to make the basket, and he did. And then we've always talked about his ability to hit clutch shots. Um, those two free throws were not easy, again, in that kind of environment, and he came through. So I think uh, Carolina fans and, and people in general, just people who appreciate basketball, should really uh, um, look at what Joel Berry's done and take note of it because it's it's beyond impressive. Yeah, Theo Pinson three put Carolina up seventy four sixty six with four fifty three left. From there, Carolina did nothing but take bad shot after bad shot, uh, and Syracuse tied it up with three oh nine left at seventy four. And then just looking at the play by play. Just some ugly, tough, gritty, whatever you want to call it, basketball that Barry made the shots that mattered. Sherelle, you're right. You can't take a guy like that for granted, and Carolina hadn't had a guy like that. Um, Marcus Page maybe, but rarely has a guy in his position had to do it so often over the course of three years for North Carolina. But Theo Pinson was right there too tonight. I mean, he he joined in the bad shot brigade there at the end, but. 23 and whatever the rest of his box score said just another fabulous game from the senior yeah he's playing the best basketball by far of his entire career and I think it you know not second guessing but you just wonder what would have happened if he had the ball this much in his hand from wherever he gets it Uh, Adrian had a good uh story Adrian Atkinson on inside Carolina earlier this week about him now receiving the ball kind of at the elbow and working out of the post and finding people as opposed to just uh at the top of the key and playing point guard. So the staff has gotten a few different ways to get him involved. And uh, his confidence is through the roof, man. And 
uh, it, it seems like he's the type of guy that when he gets in a good lather, when he gets going, um, stuff starts to really good things happen for him. And that's why I think you've seen him make what three threes in the last two games. Now um, they're open and they're in rhythm and he's feeling good about himself and they're knocking it down. Uh, so it's not really dissimilar. Now, Kenny, I was going to say, it's not dissimilar from Kenny Williams. Kenny obviously has a reputation as a shooter. Theo doesn't, but when Kenny was struggling, it just took one or two shots uh, to go down. And, and then it, it, he took off from there and he's been playing well ever since. Um, I, I think Pinson just all around game is, is very unique. Um, we talked about it on the podcast earlier this week that uh, maybe some other players didn't get the opportunity to do what he's doing, but he's really taking advantage of it because um, he controls and dominates the game. Um, he's the most uh, impactful player, I think, on the court uh, the last few games just because of all the things he's able to do, just because of his versatility um, and his acumen and, and his intelligence, really, because he sees some things that normal people don't see, and he gets he gets it there before people even know it's coming, and it's just you know sitting there. So uh, really great play from Theo Benson. Um, can't say enough about him. Yeah, 9 of 12 from the field, 2 for 2 from three-point range, like you said, 23, 6 rebounds, 7 assists. I, I know the Carolina fan base, when they saw him jogging to the locker room with, I think, maybe five minutes left, certainly held their breath. Uh, he is a must-have for North Carolina on the court. Let's look at the other three guys. You mentioned Kenny Williams, eight big rebounds. I thought Cam Johnson got some big rebounds in the second half, uh, but neither – Either of those two didn't really score the ball. Luke May had nine points and three rebounds. It was sort of the two-headed monster for North Carolina scoring-wise, Sherelle, but those guys, especially Williams and Johnson, gave some much-needed rebounds, especially deep in that second half. Yeah, and if you look at, you know, if you believe in plus-minus, we know it's it's not the only stat, but it is a part of something, the larger picture that can help you determine what really happened. But the two leaders or the three leaders in plus minus were Kenny Williams, Luke May, and Joel Berry. <clears throat> and I think it's because Luke May was just so effective. Uh, Adrian also uh, charts hockey assists, which is basically the pass that leads to the assist. I'm sure Luke May had four or five of those. And then he had four real assists and uh, him and Pinson were just kind of living in that middle area, the free throw line and just destroying Syracuse in the first half. That's why it was interesting that, uh, Jim Baham had to switch into the, the full court press. And I think Carolina's eyes got a little big because um, when you're playing this kind of game, was played at, it looks like, 64 possessions, I think. Again, these are unofficial box scores, but played at 64 possessions for Carolina. When you're playing that slow and then the other team tries to speed you up, Carolina's like, yeah, this is great for us because now we can run and this is what we like to do. And it was a little bit of fool's gold because um, instead of you know pulling it back out and surgically um, you know, dicing up that zone. They just threw their bodies at the basket, threw up a shot, weren't getting the foul call, and then it led Syracuse to go down the other end of the court. Uh, so it, it was, it was again, a, a very uh, unique game, I think, just because it felt like North Carolina dominated for so much. And between Syracuse only missing, I believe, one free throw, and between some quick shots from UNC, um, it kept Syracuse in the game. But uh, – Joe Barry closed, and, and that's really all there is to say about the game. I mean, I mean um, it was it was an impressive performance after they, you know, kind of um, gave up that nine-point lead. Watching it, I sort of felt like I was watching maybe how an NCAA tournament game ends for this bunch or for any team, really. Uh, they, they really dominated the game. They were up. It was a breeze, and then it just kind of went sideways at the end. 
uh, the press, like you said, you know, there's a lot of times there. And I'm surprised Roy Williams didn't call a timeout earlier. But to his credit, these guys should know how to fix what's going on. But looking at the assist, and you talked about carving up the zone, and Carolina's done this the last few times they've played Syracuse. Um, again, unofficial, but 25 assists on 29 made baskets. I mean, that is just tactical, surgical, whatever you want to call it, execution basketball against Syracuse's vaunted zone. Who I said in the pregame podcast, I didn't think they were as long as they'd been in, in the past. And they don't have that one guy that's super long um, on the top, but they were certainly bigger than Carolina, and Carolina just worked them early, especially. Yeah, I mean, Carolina's offense, we, we talked about how efficient it's been the last six or seven games. I mean, this is a top 10 uh, defense in adjusted efficiency, and Carolina put up 78 points on the 64 possessions. That's that's good. And it would have been more, but, you know, they started towards the end of the game. Like we said, they, they started uh, rushing a little bit and not doing what got them, got them to where they were. The passing is just phenomenal. And um, Dan Dockett, you know, say what you want about him. Um, I'm, I'm not a huge fan. But he does know basketball, and I thought he made great points about how um, it's one of the Roy Williams phrases I think he he got from Coach Smith about um, it's amazing what can be accomplished when no one cares who gets the credit, and that is how this team plays. Honestly, they they are so unselfish. Um, he made points about Luke May, who is averaging eighteen and I think eighteen and eleven or something like that. How he was passing up shots to get better shots, and when you start doing that that's when you develop that championship medal that this team already has or, or redevelop, I should say. Um, when you start doing things like that, it, it really changes things. When one of your two best players, arguably, or your leading score is passing up shots to get better shots. That's, that's a huge development. Um, it's something that I think Luke has done throughout the year, and he finds a way, much like Cameron Johnson, to contribute even when he's not having a great night shooting. Like you said, five rebounds from Johnson, four assists, three rebounds, three steals from May, um, eight rebounds from Kenny Williams at the guard spot, along with um, some good defense and some bad defense <laughs> against uh, Syracuse's two guys, Battle and Howard and uh, uh, Brissett. So uh, all around effort from Carolina. And one thing that I think is really important is you look at the minutes for uh, the starters. Theo Pinson, 34. He had to come out with an injury. I don't know if he would have come out without that. 36 for Joel Berry, 36 for Luke May. 36 for Kenny Williams and 28 for Cam Johnson. So um, basically the second half, Roy Williams went with his five stars and Sterling Manley. So um, that was a an interesting development, and it kind of tells you how confident he is in those five guys. Yeah, and it's pretty much been the same MO the last few games. Uh, Carolina's going to have some opportunities for some rest. And, and let's talk a little bit about the ACC seedings now or standings now. Carolina at 11 and 5. Virginia, of course, is the one seed pretty much no matter what, unless they – I don't think they can even melt down and not have the one seed. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah they're, they just, they've at least tied. Yeah, them. so Duke is uh, – Duke likely two, depending on the Carolina-Duke game. Um, could be interesting. Clemson loses against Virginia Tech. But, you know, this North Carolina team, is this a good time for them to have a few days off and skip a weekend, do you think? Uh, we talked about that before after the three and five and how good they were rolling. Well, they've kept on rolling with the win over Louisville and now Syracuse. And now they have a weekend break until Miami, I believe on Tuesday. Definitely. And that's why winning this game uh, was so important because if they would have lost the way they lost, I think it was set with them this entire weekend. If they had blown 
a nine point lead late, a 12 point lead, as large as 12 point lead in the game. Um, they have a long time to think about that. And that would have been a long flight back to North Carolina. As it is, it's, it's one of those perfect scenarios for Will Williams and his staff in that they got the win, but they also have lots of teaching points to say, you can't do that. If this is a single elimination tournament, you know, that one play could have, you know, knocked you out of the tournament. So um, I think it's a good thing. Uh, and I think for, especially for Joel Berry and Theo Pinson, it gives them a chance to kind of get themselves together. Because if you go from that environment to say Saturday night, senior night, I don't know if that's enough time for them to kind of deal with everything that they're going to have to deal with the emotions of playing their last game in the Smith center, um, the emotions of having their whole families come in and all the stuff that comes with senior night. So I think it's a, a definitely a good time. And uh, I also wanted to point out too, just that I think that was Sterling Manley's best game of his young Carolina career. I know he had a double-double earlier in the season. Um, and there were some plays there in the second half that you you see where he's at because he wasn't quite able to finish them, but you see the ability to do so. And uh, 12 points, six rebounds, five of them offensive, uh, four or five from the free throw line and 17 points. I mean, that is – if they can get that from him or Brooks or him and Brooks combined – um, that's a huge development for UNC again moving forward. Yeah, and, and I was about to go there. I think Manly, and I said it to my better half watching the game, that, that guy's going to be really good. When he figures it out, when he grows into his body, when he gets bigger and stronger, he's going to be as good as a lot of people we've talked about in Carolina basketball lore, big men-wise. I just think, and you mentioned it, and I want you to talk more about it, he gets it and he understands. You know, he's got to finish that dunk at the end. But it wasn't for lack of trying. It's just from, from being a freshman and being uh, not quite strong enough to get it done. But he knows what he needs to do. Yeah, he's he's really close, man. I, I think he's just an offseason away um, from really developing into a good player. Roy Williams has said as such, Manly believes it. Um, and that's part of it. We, we've talked about confidence and belief and what it can do for you earlier in the podcast. And I think you're starting to see that with Sterling. He never saw himself as a sub-100 big man or – a guy who's going to come in and uh, maybe not play for three years and then uh, play his fourth, his, you know, his senior season and start. Now, a lot of us did because, frankly, it was an unknown, but he always had confidence in himself that he would continue to develop and he's working hard. Um, him and his father talk often and, you know, they get on the uh, iPad, they look at plays, they break things down. They always, he calls it working, you know, working on his craft. They, they always feel like the more he does that, the better because he does have a very unique opportunity in that North Carolina wants big men. They want to feed him the ball, which is rare, I think, in college basketball. And they just need somebody to seize it, whether it's the rest of this season or moving forward in his career. And I think he wants to take advantage of that opportunity. Indeed. Carolina goes up to Syracuse, has a comfortable win in the bag, lets it get interesting, but I think it helps them and makes them better. Uh, as they have this weekend off before they go to Miami or have Miami come in for senior night, which should be as an emotional night as in the Dean Dome. They always are, but Barry and Pinson, uh, wow, senior night for those guys should be something special, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, Roy Williams talked about uh, the last couple of years how he wanted the, the wins for his seniors so desperately. I think this group isn't any different. Really, I think the classes of uh, 2012 through probably whenever Luke May and Kenny Williams had their senior night. So 2012 through 2015 are going to be a little extra special. I, I know it's the whole, I don't have a favorite child thing, 
but I think for the coaching staff, just because of all the circumstance that was going on between 2012 and 2015 when these guys committed and signed, um, they're going to have a special place for them. And you've seen that in some really emotional senior nights with Marcus Page and Bryce Johnson um, over the last couple of years. So um, Nate Britt, Kennedy Meeks, Isaiah Hicks, all those guys who formed the core of the team that went to, uh, t- you know, back-to-back Final Fours, um, they're going to have a special place in Carolina history just because of uh, their decision to come to Carolina in the in a time that it wasn't comfortable. It's throughout history, it's been very easy to go to Carolina because it's one of the three best, two best really programs of all time. It, it, it's consistent over, you know, 50, 60, 70 years. And uh, it's been easy. It's like, you know, of course I would go to Carolina because it's the best place to go or among the best place to go. But from 2012 to 2015, that wasn't the case. So um, these guys are unique in that they still chose to go to UNC despite some of the other things that were happening. So I, I think it'll be emotional for Coach Williams as it has been the last couple of years. And I think I hope there's a great crowd there to uh, send them off right. Indeed, Carolina 78-74 over Syracuse. Heels go to 11-5 and in the ACC Long way from that five and five start. My, <laughs> we, um, we, we've got to own that. I've got to own that one. Uh, you know. Oh yeah, five, I had them at eight and ten. At yeah, best, you know. five and five. I'm like, okay. Did, are there any wins on their schedule? And six. <laughs> uh, like, if they can just get the nine wins, they can make the tournament. And here they are, six wins later, eleven and five, and have a realistic shot at not only getting Charlotte, but you know, again, on down the road. But if they have a successful AC, if they handle their business the rest of the regular season and have a successful ACC tournament. A one seed isn't even out of reach. And that's a, there's a lot that has to happen, but it's not out of reach, which if you would have told me that three weeks ago, you know, uh, I wouldn't have believed it. Absolutely. I wouldn't have either. And unfortunately all of what we talk about is recorded for history. And, uh, <laughs> so I'll figure out a way to delete those shows, but sure. I appreciate you taking the time tonight, man. We'll talk again soon. Yeah. Thanks Tommy. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.